0: so the obvious place to start would be with how you're coping with the lockdown you know how you're how you're getting through this difficult time
1: okay so like I said a moment ago I think it's important for everyone to kind of mourn the fact that they had all these plans which are now completely thrown up in the air and you can't do them and I think it's important to do that before you sort of move forward but I have found quite a sort of positive space where I don't know I think to be in a sort of state of fear is really unhealthy so I've just tried to be overly positive and creative and I have kind of found a, a way of sort of I don't know, doing other things that I would never have had time for. So I'm kind of enjoying it in a weird way.
0: So what kind of things are you getting up to then?
1: So some people might have known that I was sort of running workshops. Obviously, we did one together, which was really successful. And the three girls who actually came to the one that we did together, they said that your images um, all got them accepted by agencies. So I thought, okay, how can I do this and adapt and do it online? So I've actually got 20 models or girls who want to be models who I'm now coaching online or we just message every day and instead of seeing them face to face we're just doing everything over the phone and um, that's taking up a lot of time as you can imagine so that's been a great start to sort of keep me occupied.
0: Do you find yourself when you're um, planning those those sessions or those conversations that you're almost educating yourself at the same time on stuff that you didn't realize you knew?
1: Yeah, weirdly, I kind of sort of found a new appreciation for myself because I sort of thought, oh, am I good at anything other than modelling? But it makes you realise how much stuff you have learned from maybe doing it the wrong way or sort of thinking you knew what was the right way to go about sort of finding the right photographers or how to get accepted by agencies. And um, I've just kind of realised that I know an awful lot and I do actually have a lot to give. So yeah, I've definitely learned a lot about myself and about what I actually do know.
0: One of the things I found with, with teaching, especially early on, was the amount of people that would try and uh, bleed information out of you um, sort of online before they would commit to a workshop or they would commit to any kind of tutoring session. Um, so I'm not going to try and do that. I'm not going to try and get information out of you that you don't want to give, because obviously there has to be some kind of um, uh, benefit to the knowledge that you're passing on. But just roughly sort of what's the kind of things that you're talking about?
1: That's so funny that you say that, because I have so many people who say, oh, I've heard that they're, um, you're doing mentoring. Um, I'd love to sign up. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me um some of what it includes so i'll tell them and then they'll say oh okay so how do you do that and i'm like well sign up and i'll tell you yeah <laughs> but um so yeah um basically i go through how i get my work freelance wise um who to avoid who to work with what to charge for freelance work what you can get away with at the beginning and just sort of good point a uh, good sort of um ballpark marks on what you can charge when you're starting out cuz i think some people get Very over the top, too quickly. Um, What images to use to get accepted by specific agencies? uh, A lot of contacts of people high up in those agencies, which they wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Grid girl work, monster energy girl work, how to pose, how to sort of have that self confidence that. You, are, you can call yourself a model like if you've been doing it. A lot of people, they're sort of scared to say because they've only done sort of six months worth of shoots and they're scared to sort of put it in their Instagram bio or something. I'm like, well, you have to let people know so that they can approach you. Um, anything from, oh, what else? How to get sort of Instagram collabs. So how sort of e- email templates and how to word it, uh, just, Everything that I've made a mistake with as well so they can avoid doing that I just think there's so much and also just the fact that they can ask any questions So if there's something I've not thought of they can come to me and I'll give them honest advice about how I've dealt with it in the past.
0: Yeah, I think one of the the things that's underestimated about having someone teach you a skill is that quite often um, the purpose of that person teaching you is not just to show you the right way to do things, but to help you avoid all of the stupid things that you're inevitably going to do if someone isn't sort of guiding you with their perspective in hindsight.
1: Yeah, I think in many ways, they can almost get to where I have got much quicker because they are avoid routes that don't work that I thought might have.
0: Yeah, and it's a a case of... um, I, th- I think as well with your world, isn't it constantly changing with with social media and stuff? So it's hard to to always know the best way to navigate things. Things seem to switch up so quickly with what's uh, with what's popular.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's almost one of the things I enjoy about it, and maybe one of the reasons why I've been it's been so easy for me to sort of adapt to this new life that we're in at the moment because you do have to sort of stay on top, stay current, and stay aware of you know what's cool and what's not cool and sort of what's acceptable to to act like as a model or an influencer at
0: the time one of the things i struggled with um with teaching over the past few years and more so as time has gone on is when you have someone um that doesn't want to adapt or someone that they basically want to they want to pay you to tell you you're wrong um have you have you encountered much of that and do you know how to deal with that
1: Funnily enough, only recently. So at first, it is usually people who just want to suck as much information out of you as possible, which is what I want them to do. I mean, there are some people who utilise me much more and they'll call me for anything they think of, whereas there are more shy people who won't. And I try and encourage them to ask as much as possible. But I did recently have one person who um, was almost questioning everything I said. And I was like, well, you've, you've paid me to tell you my way. You don't have to do it my way. I'm just showing you what worked for me but if you want to sort of have your own version of it then that's what you're supposed to do you're not supposed to challenge me just use what i give you and make it your own so yeah that was a bit of a bizarre concept but i suppose there is always one and it kept me on my toes and made me sort of swap a few things around of how i did stuff so i guess it just made me learn from it but yeah can't wait for their time to run out
0: <laughs> it's um it's it's something I've encountered probably a handful of times where I've had someone ask me how to do something I explain how I do it and then they tell me that that's not how they would do it and that my answer to that at first was like to panic and to feel like insecure about it and to worry about it and then I told myself one day I was talking to um Jamila and I told myself one day they're paying me to tell me I'm wrong most people won't pay me for that privilege they'll just tell me I'm wrong so, if they want to pay me to tell me I'm wrong, then that's their choice. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's tough times. So I'll take money for anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so are you are you building up like an exit plan for when this all kind of dies down and you can get back out there? Do you have an idea of a few things that you wanted to do? or
1: In terms of the fact that I'll <laughs> like- have to... Sorry, go on. You'll
0: be allowed to leave the house will obviously be the first wonderful part of, of this dying down is that you'll actually be able to leave the house. Do you have anything that you kind of backburned for a long time, but now because you have that, had that withdrawal from doing your job that you, you can't wait to get back out there and do it? You know, are you looking to get back out into to do more photo shoots? Or is it, you know, I know you do a lot of presenting.
1: I mean, I think already I was kind of so focused on work anyway that I was already doing everything that I wanted to do. So I kind of just hope that everything that I have had that I've had to scribble out in the diary can just be rearranged, postponed or what have you. But interestingly, it has made me question, because at first I was really, really upset about some of the jobs that were cancelled, where I still sort of sometimes dance in clubs alongside the famous rapper or DJ they've got. And I thought I really enjoyed that. But where I've had to get my head down and do all this planning and I spent more time sort of in my journal and my laptop, I thought I hated that world and I kind of convinced myself that, i always wanted to be out there doing something like shooting or dancing but i've realized that actually i do have this massive love for teaching and kind of creating my own content and being in control of it instead of just being the person who's almost like the puppet for someone else's vision so what it sort of made me realize is i definitely want to start a youtube channel and i always kind of would just be sort of a little um a featured person on someone else's thing but I want to do my own thing now for definite so that's something I'm going to start planning. I mean I can do that without going outside obviously but there's only so much content I can create of me kissing my cats so yeah I can't wait to get out there and do that.
0: (laughs) You're ugly cats. Um, (laughs) When it comes to teaching one thing I actually really don't know we've known each other for I think about six years. So the one thing I don't know is why you why you've ended up doing teaching. So I remember we had a conversation after a workshop of mine in a sort of London way. And on the way back, you were telling me about how you were thinking about doing this kind of thing. And we had a pretty long chat about it. But I don't know what kind of spurred you on with the idea.
1: Well, it's really funny that you should ask that. And I don't know if you actually already know the answer to this question, but it was completely it was completely down to you. And I'm not just saying that, I'm honestly not. So obviously I was a model on quite a few of your workshops. I mean, it must be, yeah. what, 20, maybe more, I think?
0: Yeah, 20, 25, it's in that ballpark.
1: So watching someone like you who... I mean, you've got a lot of different life experience and I know that you've had all different kinds of jobs from, I think you were like a chef or a baker at some point and you've done music, so but you haven't sort of done the academic route of, oh, I'm a teacher. So I kind of thought you had to always have some kind of qualifications to be able to teach other people. But what you made me realise is if you've done something firsthand, then that's better than any sort of bit of paper telling you that you can do it. So that gave me the confidence to think, okay, actually, I have got something to give. But also, you actually were the one who suggested it to me. You said, oh, you should do workshops. You did, yeah, on the way back. Oh, right the Kingston workshop, it was you who actually gave me the idea. Oh. So I think sometimes when someone obviously I respect you and your work ethic and I respect your opinions. So when someone who you sort of respect their opinion says you could do this, it kind of gave me the push like, oh okay. I can and obviously the fact that I've got no income from my shoots anymore so what the else am I going to
0: do? <laughs> <laughs> I will say for absolute transparency I do not remember that at all it's not a case of me trying to set something up there I, I, <laughs> I don't you I remember so I remember two things about that car ride on the way there your mum saying on speakerphone that she'd got laid the night before <laughs> and yeah. on the way back I insulted someone's shoes uh who was walking past our ugg boots and you were filming something for like snapchat and i showed up in your in your or in your instagram story just insulting some poor person's horrible shoes i mean it was
1: deserved they were awful <laughs> they had those, they had
0: those uggs where they're walking like on the inner ankle of them so they look like they're trying to escape
1: <laughs> they did it's
0: like my most hated thing that and crocs i can't stand it i don't know um, I
1: can see you in crocs
0: no, no, I'd, honestly, I'd rather get Corona than have Crocs. Um,
1: <laughs> Please make that the soundbite for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it might just make it the motto of my website from now on. Um, w- with regards to uh, the Instagram stuff, something that I've spent pretty much every single podcast not understanding in the slightest is social media and, and the way that it's kind of... Um, changed the culture of especially younger people um, and the way that they interact with each other and uh, how they make money what is so how did you start making money from instagram like in in a rough sense how did how did that start because i can't even work begin
1: so i obviously already kept my instagram very up to date so i always had quite good content because of all the shoots that i do Um, So already my followers were building up quite quickly from that. And then a bit of reality TV helps with a blue tick and then a few more followers. So obviously brands can see that I have got an audience. And I think people started approaching me at first, always offering the free collabs, which at first I sort of took full advantage of. But then I spoke to a few people who were doing it bigger and better than me and asking them what they were charging. And I think you just have to have the confidence in yourself and the audacity that if you have got a large audience and you know the specifics i've got a business instagram i know who's looking i know who's female who's male and what age group like it is the perfect place to advertise fashion or vaping or what what have you so i just had to have the confidence to say actually i should be charging for this because i'm creating good advertising material, you could put it. You know, I don't just take a crappy photo. I put a lot of effort in. So it was just, I had to start saying, well, actually I will do that for you, but I'm gonna charge X, Y, Z. And yeah, it just went on from there really. And I think when brands start to see you working with more brands, then more approach you. And then you have to be proactive. So I obviously go through and find brands that I do actually love, contact them. And, you know, I ask them, I don't wait for people to come to me interestingly since lockdown obviously i've had a lot more time on my hands so in the morning with my morning coffee i might just message 70 because not all are open to collabs and um yeah just see who comes back really
0: seven zero
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: okay you can't copy and
1: paste either because instagram don't like
0: it oh i didn't know that i do not do anything like that so i would not know well what happens if you copy and paste you get told off
1: I think you can get away with about 10 every half hour, but if you do more than that, they will block you from messaging people for a day or sometimes up to a week. They can be pretty harsh.
0: Jesus. Um, So for the sake of uh, my own amusement here, can you just explain to me um, how you work with vaping brands?
1: Okay, so I am specifically only working with a sort of umbrella brand called Red Liquids. So initially I was, so one of my agencies, SBJ Management, she has the client. So they booked us to sort of travel all over the world. We went to Bahrain, Israel, to be promotional models on the stand for that brand. Um, But then the guy who owned it said, oh, I see that you're very active on Instagram. I know nothing about social media. Um, do you think you could create some video content for us and then actually honestly review some of the flavours of the liquids? And So it just kind of built up from there. And because they've got so many smaller segments of their business, so a certain type of vape or a mod and different types of nicotine, some without any, they just kind of started sending me stuff all the time and then I'd honestly review it and then put it out there. So, yeah, it just kind of was a natural progression from the modelling.
0: Well, since you say honestly review it, how hard is it from like a from a ethical standpoint to review stuff when you're being paid to review it?
1: I mean, in the beginning I lied often and I would also sort of take up the things that make you supposed to make you skinnier, you know, all that tea stuff that I know you're not a fan of. And I did, The diarrhea the tea. I mean, I can't can't say that that's what happened to me. But if you've tried it, then
0: <laughs> there's a there's a very famous uh, influencer's story. I'm pretty sure it actually made a couple of fairly big magazines about how she was advertising. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a kind of tea, and she shit herself on a train, super hard, because it was basically a diuretic and a laxative, and she did not know that. And it basically just sheds water weight really quickly. So you look thin for the 12 hours after you've had it and then you come close to death and you drink some water and you're back to normal.
1: I mean, forget the moral standpoint. That's just fucking embarrassing. (laughs) Like, I couldn't deal with that. But um, luckily, as I've kind of grown, I can turn down the things that I know I won't be a fan of. And I do Mm -hmm. actually say to a lot of brands now that I won't sort of accept the payment or if I have, I won't spend it until I have actually tried it. And then if I don't want to put it out there, because I do feel I do have a moral compass and I do feel responsible for, you know, putting something out there. Because I know that there are, well, I think that there are a lot of girls who look up to me, so I'm not going to, you know, stitch them up, so to speak. So I, I am careful with being honest.
0: So when you say there's a lot of girls looking up to you, who are you looking up to?
1: I mean, um, I look up to in the model world, I really like Emily Ratajkowski, which I think we've actually talked about her before. But weirdly, I like people like Joe Rogan. So I admire how he sort of changes the direction of what he does quite easily. And he uses the things he's learned from other jobs or things to benefit him in his new thing so obviously he's all about the podcast now. I don't know if you ever watch any of his but he always brings his knowledge from his past stuff to the table which I admire the way he does that and I that's something I try and do
0: I think something with Joe Rogan that's made him so popular um, and something that makes it very earnest is the fact that when he doesn't know something he'll admit it
1: yeah and I also love the way that he doesn't sorry to say it, but like bum lick his guests if he thinks they're wrong he's very polite but he'll be like oh no I don't agree with that and he doesn't kind of I don't know coddle them or whatever the saying is he's very sort of straight with them as well as being friendly so I like that he keeps his opinion his opinions and he doesn't sort of just agree with someone because they're a big star that he's got on the show
0: It definitely helps when you're so well trained in beating the shit out of people that you don't have to ever really worry who sat across the table from you to tell them (laughs) that they're wrong. That never hurts.
1: Um,
0: I mean, one of the things with Joe Rogan that's really cool is obviously he's a stand-up comedian that has a very successful history in that. He's a uh, TV presenter that has a very successful history in that. He's a podcaster, probably the most successful ever, and he's... um, obviously a commentator for the UFC where he's incredibly prolific because of his private life where he does so much stuff in martial arts. So he's just got a fantastic work ethic, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything about him I love. And I love that he stands by stuff that won't be uh, considered popular to a lot of people. He doesn't seem scared of a backlash and he'll make jokes. What I hate about comedy at the moment is that you have to always be careful about what you're going to say. Whereas I don't think that he's adopted that new nature that a lot of us have. And he will stand by the fact that something can be a joke and it can offend people, but it's just a joke.
0: Yeah, I think that, that he's, um, I think he's older than a lot of people realise as well. And that helps because he's got a little bit more perspective in in sort of the way life goes and how phases come and go and people have certain opinions and then those opinions disappear fairly quickly because they're only there for the sake of, you know, making sure everyone else in the room agrees with them and they feel good about themselves. He's not bothered by that because he's seen it come and go for so long.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's something that's happened to me as well, because me and Joe Rogan probably have that in common. I reckon I'm a lot older than some people think as well, if I do say so myself.
0: You're off the top of my head, you're 41.
1: <laughs> and I used to be a man. <laughs> and used to
0: be a man, yeah. Other than that, no, I mean, I'm actually
1: going to be 28 in May. So, you know, I am getting up. In May? Yeah.
0: When's your birthday? 27th. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. It's no in mine. mind. Um, sure. So you're the sixth of May.
1: Oh, so you're not a Gemini then?
0: No, I just feel re- I, no, none of that. Let's just not. Let's not even approach any of that bullshit. But I was just. <laughs> I, what I was really worried about was that just no one would care about your birthday if it was too close to mine. But now I feel a little bit less guilty. Um... <laughs> One thing that's obviously been uh, consistent with me and you is uh, we've sort of gone through phases of not working together and not speaking to each other so much where we're both busy. And then we'll have like a really mad year-long spell where we'll work together and so on. Um, I think one of the things that's worked for me so much is just your um, the fact that I just think you are someone that I can hire. You come in, you do a job, and I know that there's going to be little to no drama
1: yeah no I think that's yeah I, lo- I love that about you as well I think we always know where we stand with each other we'll have a laugh but we'll get the job done no matter what it is whether it's a shoot or a workshop or anything yeah it just always goes smoothly doesn't it
0: uh, how often do you, do you think that that's kind of underestimated by models where they obviously have the raw materials in the way they look and maybe they have the social media presence but they can create quite a bad reputation for themselves where they're not easy to work with or they're unreliable or, you know, uh, is that extra bit as important as the rest of it?
1: I'd say more so. Uh, absolutely. I mean, almost every other person could this day and age be a model. So it doesn't really come down to how attractive you are anymore. I think it is all about the fact that it is a customer service industry in many ways. So, you know, if you're professional, you turn up on time, you, you, know that you are your brand so you're not creating drama on social media you're not saying stupid things that could sort of relate to i don't know something racist or something when you're drunk because i think a lot of people do do that i've seen so many silly things that have been said and their models never work again because they were just stupid to put it out there um i think it's really really important i think one of the reasons why i have been able to work in the industry for so long is that people know that I will be on time and I'm not going to have some family drama or some boyfriend drama that's going to affect the job I think yes definitely I'd say it's above your looks definitely
0: and and do you think that that's something that can be taught or you can learn because I'll pretty much put my line in the sand and say I think that there are just some people that just cannot act professionally act maturely Um, And maybe it's a result of having spent many years of their life being praised for their looks, that they think that that's the be-all and end-all of what they have to do to be successful.
1: Yeah, and because of that, um, the fact that people who are often in the modeling industry have had that kind of constant validation. And that might be why they do it. I think that it does tend to be something where you find, you find a lot in this industry. So I don't know, I was always kind of brought up very grounded by my mum, So she would never sort of make that, make those things of high importance. So I don't know if it can be taught, to be honest, like I, if people ever sign up to my coaching and I get that kind of vibe from them, I've just said, Oh, I, I'm, I don't, have enough time to take anyone else on because, I mean, I, I don't have the time for it, to be honest. I mean, I'm glad there are a lot of people like that because I think that's what's allowed me to be, get on so well because there are so many other people who, when I'm on shoots, the photographers will say, oh, I just can't work with them again because of their attitude or the diva thing or them thinking that they, I don't know, they're owed something just because they're pretty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's an old phrase, which I absolutely love, which is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard.
1: Yeah. And it's been like that for me with everything. Like even when I was at uni, I wasn't someone who could kind of just get by on the fact that I was intelligent. I had to work really, really hard and put the hours in because I wasn't actually that good at it. So I think I've sort of been taught that from almost everything I've done.
0: You said earlier about how pretty much anybody could be a model these days. Uh, Why do you think that's changed?
1: Well, obviously, there has been the whole movement where it's not a specific body type anymore. It's not just the really tall, skinny people. And because of the social media thing, you don't have to be a proper model. You can have any kind of look and make it work. I mean, unfortunately, I do feel like... The negative of that, it means that a lot of people who have had a lot of surgery can now model because of the whole Kardashian look that sort of took off. But I do think it's a good thing. I mean, why not open up the industry to as many people as possible? If people are willing to work hard, then I think it's a positive. But, yeah, I just don't think there's a specific typecast anymore. You can make anything work if you're willing to sort of put the effort in. And um, I think a lot of people look up to people who can just be confident in their own body type. So a lot more curvy girls or shorter girls who might not have been able to, I think now you, because you can just upload a photo of your face, you know, you can sort of be any body type and or look and it'll you'll get away with it.
0: Yeah, I think social media opens up the ability for people to find you without the need for an agency or magazine clippings or... Um, some kind of publication or you know some some form of publicist that's pushing it out for you you could be your own publicist. One thing I'm not a particularly big fan of is the idea that uh, people should be told what they find appealing. So the idea that you should be you know it should be almost legislated that um, you have to like every single body type and you have to like every single face type and you have to like every single styling choice and you know everything that comes in, From a subjective point of view, there is no longer the ability to not like something because not liking it would be unfair to that person. That person has the right to be liked. I think you have the right to be seen. I think you have the right to the same opportunities, but that doesn't mean that you have the right to the same success.
1: Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I think, I mean, if people kind of have an opinion and they sometimes write something negative about what they think of me on my social media, because I'm putting myself out there and encouraging sort of comments and opinions, it's not something that I then lose sleep over. I mean, if someone trolls me, I couldn't give less of a shit. I think, okay, yeah, you're entitled to an opinion and I've put myself out there, fair play. So I think people just have to man up a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the most bizarre parts of social media. It's one of the things I've had the hardest time getting my head around is that when people don't like something, they spend more time on it than when they do.
1: It's <laughs> so true. It's, it's got to be a miserable
0: way to live.
1: I think some people, they just don't have... Um, they're not getting any attention, and they've noticed that if they say something negative, then they get more attention than from that person or that minority than if they say something positive, and I think... People just need to remember to not give that to them, and then it
0: will stop. Yeah, exactly. the um, The thing that stands out the most for uh, for me with with the current sort of way that modeling's going with social media and uh, sort of the expanse of um, uh, acceptable, you know, the, the, the almost a drive for equality throughout body types, like you said, and so on. The one thing that stands out to me though is that the thing that's getting lost in the mix is how hard some people. Do work to look a certain way, and it's almost being uh, demeaned on the idea that because it's part of a previously accepted body type, it's now somehow taboo to look a certain way that used to be sort of the way you were supposed to look, quote unquote. And yeah. the the self esteem movement has has. Belittled the amount of work it takes to get yourself in shape, and you know, to eat properly and to be healthy, and 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 you know, to maintain a certain physical condition. I think that's one of the sad things about it is that it's almost swung completely full circle, and it's now going the other way.
1: Yeah, and I think we have kind of touched on this before, and I think my opinion might have softened slightly than when we've kind of discussed similar stuff in the past. Um, much to your dismay, I think. <laughs> I um, I don't know. I think maybe. a lot of my family I've noticed um, constantly putting themselves down for their body type and I think Although, like you say, I've maybe lost some of the appreciation that I work very hard. I'm very regimented with what I eat a lot of the time, not always. Um, So I'm no longer sort of put on a pedestal for the fact that I work hard for that. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I do think when I see a lot of people in my family sort of being more accepted for how they look because they've got role models now who are considered cool, who are, I don't know, people were still scared to say fat, but people in my family are, and they try and be healthy, but they don't feel as bad about themselves now because they have got role models who are considered sexy and happy and confident who are also fat. And I think, actually, I quite like seeing those people in my family happier about how they are, and I think that that's a positive. So I'm happy to have less appreciation for the fact that I work hard to look how I do.
0: I think we disagree in the sense of... Um the way in which the movements come about. I don't disagree with the idea that people should be happy regardless of their size. I think the problem is, is that we're still trying to use idolization as a tool for self esteem. And I don't think we should be doing that. We should be developing people or ensuring that people are developing themselves to make themselves something worthwhile, as opposed to constantly want to fit into a box that they've created in their own mind.
1: Do you mean it should come more from within and they shouldn't be putting so much focus on their outer looks anyway, and they should have the confidence because of what they bring to the table, intelligence, kindness, or some other way, instead of just finding a new role model who looks like them. Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe this might be a male-female divide here, but I don't look at people on the front of Men's Fitness magazine and want them to be in worse physical condition because I am. (laughs) <laughs> I don't see how that I don't see how that raises anybody up.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a very good point. Actually, I ha- hadn't really thought of that, but I think because our society is so obsessed with, I don't know, like, like if I ever sort of ask my younger nieces or something of um, who they look up to, they'll kind of pick a celebrity with like the same hair color and the same eyes and who kind of looks like them, because it's almost like we're obsessed and forced to sort of find these role models who are similar to us. So I feel like. As a society, we want to kind of look up to someone who's similar to us. Does that make sense? But ever so slightly better. I don't know. Maybe that's something that's wrong with us as a whole. But I don't know how you unteach that.
0: Well, I, I, I firstly, I think that it does come down to. Uh, men generally, I, this is, uh, you know, coming from a school where it wasn't perhaps the nicest school in the area. Um, men or boys generally didn't want to be the centre of attention because usually the centre of attention was getting punched in the face. So <laughs> you may you sort of made uh, made do with not always being the centre of attention. Where I think, s- societally, on both sides of sort of um, women's empowerment, it's just been a case of just constantly centering women to be under the spotlight constantly. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe people should be comfortable. And I, I think especially, um, I see this with the industries that I work in, maybe it would be great if some people could be comfortable succeeding without being patted on the back the whole time, or be, they, you know everyone wants to be idolized. And maybe you should just be measuring yourself against yourself yesterday, as opposed to constantly trying to put a metric on your worth to people that you don't know
1: yeah i think i'd like i'm the worst candidate for that though because i often wonder if a lot of my confidence comes from the fact that i am constantly praised by not to be big headed but every time i do a shoot because i do work hard and i know what i'm doing i get a massive pat on the back and a really good review written to myself or on my the amateur websites that you can use to do your shoots and or i've constantly got girls saying oh i love that you put this out there and i do wonder if you know when i'm not doing this or i, I don't have social media and that's all stripped back i wonder if i will be as confident it's something that i'm unsure of so yeah that will be something I, think what... I have to work on i think
0: I think the evidence to th- my point about it being and I know obviously we now live in an age of about I think it's about 75 genders now whatever it is but if we <laughs> stick to the if we stick to the patriarchal traditional too for a second I think that when you look at um, when a man receives a compliment from a woman he instantly thinks she's into him that's a sign in a lot of cases of how rarely men get complimented for anything that they do on on a peer to peer level Whereas I think obviously if I go on your Instagram right now and I look at literally any picture of you underneath it, there's going to be someone who talks in a way that would probably make my mind rot saying that you're like a queen or you're vibing or something like that. There's just a (laughs) constant stream of of compliments coming in. So sort of you end up chasing that self-esteem as opposed to just being kind of comfortable within yourself.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, you're definitely right, because I've found that I can't even sort of compliment someone on their work. If they're male, quite often they'll be like, oh, OK, what are you doing Friday night? And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that is a problem. But also, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't get giddy over sort of the comments I get or anything like that. I really do do what I do and put out there what I put out there because I want to be creative. I want to be in this industry because it gives me the freedom to do what I love. So, yeah, I'm not too bad and I don't sort of constantly chase it. So it's not an issue for me. But I do think people who are maybe younger, 18, are they constantly searching for that and chasing that? And then if something they put up doesn't get enough of those comments, are them feeling shit about themselves? I do think it's a massive problem
0: are you um uh, you know are you still excited to be a model day in day out is it is it become a job yet is it is it still something you're passionate about
1: i mean obviously i do have the days where i've got the jobs which i've taken for cash flow where i'm like i can't bloody do this i am clock watching and i'm like oh <laughs> but uh, although i say that majority I still think there's so many amazing creative people who do things slightly differently. Like I love video work. Like there's a few people I've um, been talking to recently and we were actually booked to create the videos for this new bikini brand and stuff like that. And we were really vibing and I was so excited. And there's still so many people I work with where I genuinely am feeling I love my job the whole time through it. So, yeah, I'm still not sick of it
0: what's the next transition for you obviously like you said you're turning 48 this year Um, (laughs) (laughs) where, where, where do you see yourself sort of transitioning from here is it into the agency side of things the brand side of things where do you see yourself going
1: well i think my biggest selling point is the fact that i'm very happy being me so i would like to think that potentially this youtube channel could um do really well could get sponsorship from brands and the money from people who want to be sort of featured on there, whether that's clothing or whatever it might be. But I did actually get a new job um, this year in February, where I had all these dates booked in with this company uh, called Amsterdam Real, where I was going to be the main presenter. We were going to travel around all these hotels that people might not have known about and just talk about all the selling points. And it was going to take up most of my calendar and I was so excited because as you probably know like presenting is the thing that I want to go into but because of this whole situation that is now that has been put on the back burner but I think now that I got accepted for something um as big as that I definitely want to push it even further because obviously I do host Miss Swimsuit and sort of um nights where people are showcasing their new products I'm quite often booked for that they're all sort of just to a small live audience, whereas this was actually going to be um, on the website, on telly advertising. So it would have been the biggest thing I've done. So now that that brand wanted me, it's given me even more confidence to push that further.
0: Okay. So if we take your presenting work aside and we ignore that for a second, how many days a year do you think you spend like modeling or grid girling or, you know, you're, you're there, um, not not in a presenter sort of aspect how many days a year
1: so i shoot um four days a week without fail every week okay. so i'm shit at maths what would that be
0: i want to leave you to work that out
1: <laughs> oh my god my <laughs> phone battery will run out before that happens
0: <laughs> so so let's say let's say 240 days a year you're modeling
1: yeah is that what it okay. is okay cool. let's
0: let's go with that so let's say 240 days a year you're modeling um how many of those would you still be modeling if you were not being paid
1: Ah, good question okay um i'd say oh god it's a bit of a depressing figure in many ways i reckon (laughs) no i've got to be honest though i it's a very small percentage when i look at when you say it like that i mean i do do a lot of I'll never get booked again after saying that. Well, I? I hope no photographers listen to this photography-focused podcast.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so none of uh, yeah. them know you. It's fine.
1: <laughs> it's um, it's still it's a big percentage that I do for the money, definitely.
0: But but what I guess what I'm kind of angling at is, to what extent would you continue? if there was no money from it, like, I'm not saying in the sense of like, you were no longer popular or anything like that. I just mean, literally, if it was the case that you weren't paid for it, how much would you want to do? Or would you feel motivated to do purely off of your own energy?
1: I mean, there's probably about 10 people that I've worked with, and then 10 people that I want to get good enough to work with. So like, That's almost 20 people in the world only that I would want to shoot with and create content with just for the fact that I love it. And that's just because there are so many negatives. Like, a lot of people I work with are still learning. So although I don't mind doing that with them, it doesn't set my soul on fire. I like people who have got a vision. They know what they want to create, and we're bouncing off each other. And it's new and it's fresh. A lot of people I work with, they do want to just do what they know works. And I've done it a thousand times, so I can't lie... There's, you know, it's about 20 people in the world that I would want to work with just because it's so fun to do it.
0: I think um, one of the things I want to try and do with these podcasts while we're all stuck inside trying not to murder each other is um, to kind of uh, sort of shed a light on some people. Uh, that maybe we don't know about Uh, maybe other people uh, don't know that we're fans of you know talk about inspirations and so on so of these 10 people that you said you aspire to work with do you want to give us just a quick idea of some of the names that you're talking about and why they inspire you why you'd love to work with them
1: Yeah, definitely. So firstly, um, a guy called Drew Buckler, and that's his Instagram name as well. Um, I think from a quick Google search, you'd probably find his website. So what's quite nice about him is we we live quite close to each other. And um, I think we worked together for the first time maybe two years ago, and he was just starting out and just kind of playing around with, taking portraits and things like that. But um, what I like about him, it's majority majority of what he does is fashion focused. So, you know, you're not having to take your clothes off, but he um, has improved very quickly. And I just think the way that he edits and the sort of vision he has for a good photo is amazing. Like there were times when we'd be walking around Arundel and he'd go, oh, go in that cafe and through a window at a strange angle that no one had sort of thought of with me before. Um, And also the way that he's adapting to the current situation. So I think he actually was sharing some work where a photographer was taking photos of someone through FaceTime in the city. And it was actually amazing. And I would have never thought like that. So he thinks outside the box. And what he also does is he shares a behind the scenes, Which is also quite normally quite humorous of how he created a shot. So there's one shot we took where there's this amazing light pattern on my face, and he was just using that thing that you get rid of the water with when you've got a calendar. That's the one So then there's like A behind the scenes image Of me looking like A bit of an idiot Holding that in front Of my face I mean to get The effect from the sun Coming through the blinds He used it He used a a light Which I didn't really Think was possible So they might seem Like small little things But he's very creative And then he shows Exactly how he does it Which I think A lot of people Kind of want to hide that And keep it for themselves Whereas he shares The whole process So yeah he's a very Talented guy I would definitely Check him out Um, Another guy Is a videographer Uh, uh, called JD Pearson so he doesn't upload an awful lot of what he does but he definitely has a different vision to a lot of videographers. I find a lot of them are just doing this whole scantily clad woman thing with like close-ups of their you know what areas whereas this guy manages to film beautiful people and they still look like humans they're not over sexualized and he also does a lot of coaching as well and a lot of his Instagram posts he doesn't write a caption where it's just a bit witty or something. He's sort of quite honest and open and quite inspirational. So he's definitely another person to check out.
0: And in terms of the the people that you you are aiming to work with, you you said you wanted to improve to the point where they would work with you. Uh, any of those names?
1: So on Instagram, they are called Clint, C-L-I-N-T. So they're a photographer and videographer. They do a lot with the brand called Gooseberry Intimates, which is like very, very pretty girly lingerie. Um, and he's just completely changing the game, I think, in terms of the content that he puts out there for them. Just really cool, vibey stuff. Just very talented. And yeah, I, I really, really want to work with him, but I don't think I'm quite sort of cool enough yet. So I'll work Is he
0: English? Is he, is he based in England?
1: Um, he does post a lot in the States, but there's also been stuff from London, so I think he moves around a lot.
0: I see. Or well, you could just do what a lot of people do, where you uh you add a different location to where you actually were to make yourself seem like you're international.
1: <laughs> oh, it God. definitely happens. You write internationally published. If I see that yeah. I'm like, I'm not following you, cringe.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's it's um it's it's pretty much the go-to of... I just started to feel really good about my work is you're like, Oh, I'm going to put internationally published in my bio <laughs> with absolutely no proof of it. And you know, if you actually I mean, ask people, them to, sorry, go on.
1: If people actually are, they don't tend to write that. I mean, they're already so cool and famous and successful. They just don't need to tell people.
0: <laughs> are you, are you trying to tell me that, uh, Emily Ratchkoski doesn't have internationally published in her Instagram bio?
1: i don't think she does (laughs) um
0: right so i there's a couple of things we have to clear up pretty severely um number one quick fire round uh who is it that keeps suggesting that you run in videography projects
1: because i feel like it's you obviously there was someone i was working with all the time where we did that and i'm no longer working with them so i thought maybe the whole running thing would stop and then the first videographer i worked with since then we Rimar are and he was like could we do some running shots And i'm not lying you popped into my head and i thought oh god if he sees this he's gonna take the piss out of me
0: <laughs> oh absolutely i've never i've never seen someone twist so many times when they run and you run almost like you're making fun of phoebe out of friends
1: been tricked because they always tell me I have a nice run. And someone even said that the way I threw the flower in the most recent video I put up from a trip with SM International, they were like, that really makes me like you as a person. And I thought, that says more about you than me, but thank you. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, the way you run actually makes me dislike you as a person. I'm going to lie. Your running is, is <laughs> off putting to the highest extent. Uh, next question videography or photography, if you could only do one from now on? videography why
1: i definitely have adhd i feel it just gives me more freedom to be slightly more in control as well oh, i don't know if that's true because obviously if i'm working with someone like you i'll just flow through my poses and it will almost be like i was creating a video anyway but i just think it gives me a little bit more freedom to suggest my own ideas like oh let's run down there or let's use that let's yeah, <laughs> let's
0: run let's <that's> run let's <laughs> run
1: let's run and look <laughs> like phoebe from friends
0: Kind of like you're trying to be Phoebe from friends, but you're not quite getting the style right. (laughs) Um, And as far as uh, like brands that you've, you've worked with brands that you want to work with, obviously the vape stuff is um, completely mind-blowingly difficult for me to get my head around why that's a thing. But um, what brands do you wish you could work for? Or are you aiming to work for? Uh,
1: I love uh, uh, Balenciaga trainers. I'd love to work with them. Um, there's oh I mean I'd love to be doing Boohoo Pretty Little Thing more often I only do e-com for them sometimes but I'd love to do an actual lifestyle campaign where you're you know on a billboard or on the video for their stuff oh and Oh poly as well I love them
0: and just for the fun of it because we're we're quarantined brands you wouldn't work for
1: Oh, the one who was really rude to me two days ago. Shall I shame them on here?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> Let's have a look. Yeah, they were so rude. I offered them a free collab um, because of quarantine, and they said, we don't ever pay anyone anyway, and we only work with people who are following us. And I was like, well, I can quite easily follow you. Um, oh, God, I can who I wouldn't want to work with. Or uh, well, like I said, anything that's weight loss focused, I wouldn't. And I mean, I, I don't want to be horrible. I think it's great that people are exercising, but are you fucking bored of watching people do press-ups on your story? Because I sure am. So let's just say I don't want to work with any gym brands either.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say the um, the there's two things that have been absolutely impossible to deal with during this this horrible pandemic, which obviously has huge scope to cause lots of people suffering. I am so sick of TikTok videos and I'm so sick of people doing press-ups.
1: Yeah, I second that. I did sort of dabble in TikTok to see if I could get one over and I can't bear them. And the amount of people who think they can dance, they're not even doing it in time. I can't bear to see them. Like, just stop it or just keep it on the app. I don't want to see it on Instagram.
0: I had someone i had someone actually say to me that I shouldn't have a problem with it because it's just people having fun. And I was like, that's fine. Why does it have to go on the internet? Why does everything <laughs> people do have to go on the internet? Why can't people just enjoy stuff?
1: Also, are they really having fun? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe they are. I think they want to look like they're having fun. And the real fun they have is scrolling through how many views it got. And it's all people who hate them anyway. So stop it.
0: <laughs> it's Yeah, it's just people ironically sharing them and making fun of them. <laughs>
1: yeah the cringy cringier you are the more sort of viral they go if people not notice that
0: well of course if you look at something like american idol or you know x factor it's always like the, f- the the most watched parts of the series are always the ones where you get the complete weirdos that have no self-awareness and are clearly planted there to make you know you cringe and laugh at them and you know it's yeah. just that's yeah, it's that's, so that's what people find me. funny
1: Someone said to me, "Oh, um what are your story views? Because mine are this, and they skyrocketed mine." And I was like, "Yeah, but that's because people can't believe that you're humiliating yourself in this manner." I was like, "That's not something to be proud of." So yeah, not always. I mean,
0: uh, you could definitely like up the views that you have if you were to just like murder a cat because of the <laughs> shock value, but that doesn't exactly. necessarily mean it's going to be a good thing.
1: Exactly. I think that's uh, <laughs> a very good point. <laughs>
0: It's um one of the one of the most uh, hard um, riddles to solve with social media, why so many people that are attractive with very few clothes on have so many followers. I think it just must be that they have the best ideas.
1: <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs>
0: I think it must be. I I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out and that's that's where I've landed.
1: I think it's a shame actually um, I think people need to realize that it's you're better off having a small community of people who either monetize what you do or look up to you than how, and then you're doing something that's more true to yourself than just to constantly sort of get your body out because even I've noticed the more sort of fashion-led stuff I do or portraits it won't get as many likes but what am I, I am I going to not post that because of it no of course I'm not
0: one thing I will say is you just said a small community that will monetize what you do or look up to you. That is a cult you're describing.
1: <laughs> so if you'd like to uh, join my cult, we're getting jackets next week. Uh, just email me. At
0: <laughs> yeah, Everyone drink the Kool-Aid and ascend off to a rocket. Um, very quickly, everyone needs to know where to find you, even though everyone knows where you are. Where, where can we find you? Do you have a website Yeah, That's the point.
1: Uh, I did have, but it's under new maintenance, so we'll just leave that. Okay. Um, Oh, it's a shame I haven't opened the YouTube channel because then I could have sort of said that here. But no, yeah, you can find me at Poppy Haskell on Instagram.
0: Lovely stuff. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thanks for having me. I won't
2: make it easy for you now. time, And I don't really break too easily But I'm worth it Cause I'll slip into your dreams tonight Oh So give me, so give me your all I'll take it, I'll take it to Mars Oh I'll stick like glue inside your mind Just watch me play Don't you try to call me tomorrow There's nothing personal in having a little fun You wait and see if it's worth your while oh. So give me something I'll take it, I'll take it tomorrow I'll stick like glue inside your mind Just watch me break